Writing for social media isn't always as easy as you think it can be. In fact, really, the way to write best for social media is not to write for it at all. Instead, it's to tell stories. I love when I have the opportunity to share this information and educate a new audience. And I had just that opportunity when I got to sit down with Steve Dotto on Just Between You and Me. Here is our entire conversation. Helping business owners in growth mode go farther, faster. This is Andre Grow. Ken Moskowitz, how the heck are you doing? Steve, between you and me, did you know something? What's that? When I put on a Mac, I sound like James Earl Jones, Darth Vader. Steve, I am your father. No, you, you actually don't. Do that. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. <laughs> I, I, listen, I judgment. <laughs> it does? Well, that's yeah. because I'm getting too much carbon dioxide. How are you? Great to see you again. It is phenomenal to see you as well, sir. Thank you so much for, for coming on with us and joining us. Uh, it, thanks for having me. It's, my, it's an absolute honor. Well, uh, just uh, so people know, you're, uh, you, you live in Arizona, is it, where you are? Yes, I am just two degrees away from hell. Um, average is about 115 degrees here in the summertime. And so we have lots of air conditioning to keep us cool. So are you a summer now? Is it classified as summer now? Uh, we are middle of the inferno, yes. Yeah. And uh, the, summer, the summer starts usually around May, mid-May. And we typically have about 100 days of 100 plus. And then sometimes we'll get a break of a, of a day that dips into the cool 90s. And, um, and usually it's about a six month span of pain. And then it's a six month span of ah. Oh, okay. And so we, we live through the pain for the ah. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, I know a lot of Canadian snowbirds go to your area. They, so they, they spend the summer here in Canada, which is far more temperate. And then for the winter, they go down there, which it sounds like you're six months of awe. Let's get into ad, copywriting and ads. Let's now, when, I, when, when we first envisioned this show, because this show, uh, as you know, is is brought to you through the through the uh, through the benevolence of Invideo, who create uh, who obviously we create small little. Uh, it's a video editor, but it's best at creating interstitial videos, small little videos that are explainer videos. And when I saw what you do with Ad Zombies, which is I correct me if I'm wrong, but best served in creating ad copy, small little snippets, you know, just uh, con compressed uh, pieces of copy for promotional purposes. I thought, oh my gosh, this is just a marriage made in heaven. And did, do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I love being able to do these, to create these ads and these messages. For me, it's funny, you talked about how it's uncomfortable for you. And this is so my wheelhouse. Like, I get jazzed, when, especially when it's something challenging. Like, that's fun for me to dip into that well. Okay, so let's talk about the overall art of copywriting. And then we'll get into the specifics of getting sure. out of some granular things. Uh, but so, and, and I think you've got a unique perspective, because not only are you a copywriter yourself, but you have made it a business to hire the best copywriters you can find. So you must have a really unique perspective on what it takes to be a good copywriter. I think the number one thing you need to be a good copywriter is to be a storyteller. You know, copywriters are a dime a dozen, but storytelling is an art. And if you can tell a story in your copy, whether it's an ad, an email, a landing page, a website, if you can tell a story that engages with your audience here, going from here to here is easy. But mm -hmm. if there's a disconnect from the start, you can try to sell stuff all day long. But to be a good copywriter, you must be a storyteller. 
So, so what, what's the first, what's the biggest mistake that we make? Cause like when I sit down and I look, I, I mean, when you write copy, what's in your mind, what do you, what is your goal for that? Like, <laughs> because I know that there's, I know that at least I have a sense that when I start on the right foot forward, when I have the first, the, my first thought is right. The copy seems to write itself. But if I don't take the first step in the right direction, I'm lost. I'm like in the woods and I can never find my way out. Sure. No, and that totally makes sense. You know, for me, Steve, I don't ever write from the perspective of trying to sell someone first. So I like to end people. So I always write from the perspective of my sense of humor. So you'll notice in a lot of the ads for my company, they're peppered with humor. They're they're, and sometimes that that upsets clients because they go well wait a second is that all you're going to do for us no that's my flavor right my brand if you look i mean just look at my office okay it's just the way we live here at ad zombies it's the it's the style that i choose um so for me i always write my creative to entertain and engage my audience first even in that hero ad which you'll see on our website where you just scrolled by it yeah that hero ad is really it, it handles all of the objections. It shares the story of what we do, how we do it, why people want to work with with us. But but we entertain every time. And for me, I always approach copy from not from selling first, but from telling a story that in, entertains and engages my audience. Because again, doing that makes it a way easier proposition to come to when when it comes to closing the sale. You know, and for me, I I. I I'm totally on board with you. I think that if you can, first of all, that anything successful is going to come from engagement. And engagement means you either have to deeply understand their sense of purpose, which ultimately you're going to get to, which is, but that's hard to do. And that's, and people aren't ready for that. It's like, it's like, it's like, we're not dating. We're going right to, you know, so humor is the one universal thing that makes us all comfortable and makes us feel good about the time we spent. Even if I don't learn anything from you, even if I don't get, if you make me smile, if you make me happy, if you make me chuckle a little bit, I feel that my time with you is well spent. It breaks, the humor breaks down walls. You know, Steve, that's the thing I love about it. Like for example, you could, here, let's just do this right now. If we do this exercise, I think everyone who watches this will get so much value out of it. I'm just gonna throw you a curveball. So, okay. so play, play along with me. Okay. Now, um. I want you to act like you're angry, right? And you're you're stern. Now say something like, you know, why did you not leave? The, why did you not take the trash out last night? Ken, right? the trash is still in the, why didn't you take it out? All right, now get really angry, right? <clears throat> now, I want you to smile and I want you to give me a big smile and now try to sound angry while smiling. Ken, why did, I, I <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. Just a minute. Just a minute. I'm, just a minute. Give me a second. Unless you're Jack Nicholson. <laughs> He's just maniacal. Yes. Right? That, that, that's homicidal. That's a little different. Right. But, but it's, 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 it's impossible to be angry when you're smiling. It's impossible. And so that's a state change. So when I can change the state of a viewer, of someone who's scrolling through their newsfeed, be it Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, name the platform. Mm-hmm. If I can change their mental state and engage with them in a way that gets them to stop that scroll, right, with let's start with the video and then they get to the headline and the headline has one job. It's the ad for the rest of the ad. 
And so if my headline can do that and get them to read the copy, then I've won. And the only thing I'm asking for in that first engagement is to let me entertain you. Let me make you laugh. Let me change your state so that you leave the experience happy with a smile on your face because you could have had the crappiest day to that point and one of our ads hits your feed. Uh, let's say, call it a top of the funnel ad. You've never dealt with my company. You've never heard of us. And there's billions of people around the world who have no idea what we do. And you see that ad and suddenly you're engaging with it and you're liking it or you're sharing it or you're commenting on it. And that ad has changed your state. So guess what happens? The next time an ad comes into your newsfeed and there will be a next time once you've engaged, that ad is gonna do the same thing, except this time there's gonna be a soft ask. Yeah. It's a, it's a learn more, right? We want to slowly nurture the audience. We wanna build a relationship. Yeah, this isn't, yeah. right, this isn't a first into bed. This is a first date. Let's go dancing. Let's have dinner. Let's have some some wine. Let's we're gonna dance and yeah. and work our way through the relationship, because that's how you build a relationship with clients, not a single transaction customer. And you and you spoke to my heart when you talked about the importance of the title of the very first impression. You know, I, you know the people that teach emotional intelligence talk about like in six seconds you've decided almost everything about the person that you're communicating with and that you meet in public. And for for, as a YouTube creator, I spend more time worrying about the title for my video almost than I create the video. I mean, it, it, it's terrible. You create a video. I got the video done. And if I don't have the title already, I'll sit there and I'll stare at that video screen. I'll stare at that, that YouTube screen for hours almost. It seems like hours at least just trying to come up with a title that works. Yeah. And oftentimes we get stuck trying to title or coming up with that headline. And what I do is I, I like to call it um, word vomit. And so oftentimes I will sit down and start, you know, years ago, I used to do it like in this, right? I would yeah. write all my ideas down. What now was I, that? What was that that you just showed me? It was just my little planner. This is from, this is oh, from it's made out of paper. Yeah. Paper? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a paper planner yeah, that I got for, this is from, from Gary V's office. You can oh, see good it. Stuff. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I use that sometimes I actually use that just to jot quick notes and stuff. So yeah. I don't, so I don't forget them. But these days uh, I'm using apps to remember things, to write things. I, I'm typing them all the time. But when I have ideas for headlines, even if I'm not writing something in the moment, I, I, capture that idea. I capture that headline because I can always use it for something. Mm -hmm. And, but, but when I start to write, I will do, I will do word vomit. And so sometimes I'll write about something that's terrible on topic, terrible, but then random thoughts pop into my mind and I write those too. And sometimes they're completely inappropriate things. I would never share with people online, things that should never make it into an ad, but going through that exercise of word vomit, allows me to find gems and to touch words that I haven't used in a while and, you know, killer words and phrases that really have a high impact on your ad copy. So I go through sometimes 15 or 20 headlines just to create my initial headline, but it's a fast process with me because I've been doing it a long time. And I don't, I don't fall in love with the words that are in front of me when I How write do you not them. do that. How do you not, how do you not do that? Cause I always, like, if I write something that I think is really clever, I will hold on to that like a dog with a bone. I just do not pull that away from me. I, I think it's just from the years of having clients tell me that my ad sucks or that I don't like this or that 
you should have taken a different creative approach. When I was the head of creative in the media world and I had clients crap on my creative, I would be like, well, write it yourself then. You know, if, if, <laughs> if you don't like it, a creative, creative is a very, is the variable. And in terms of an ad success and everybody's going to have an opinion about it because creative is a very personal experience, right? If I write an ad and that ad is an engaging, fun ad, but it catches you on a day where you've had an argument with your spouse or a family member has passed away, your experience of that ad is going to be very different than if you had the best sales day ever and you just found out that you were left a $2 billion inheritance, right? Your, yeah. your emotional experience is going to be different based on what's going on in your life. Yeah. And so that's a variable that I have no control over. So therefore, I don't fall in love with the words that I write. I write them and they either work or they don't work. And if they don't work, I change them. Don't don't be precious. Megan on my team says this all the time. Don't be precious about your words. Yeah. Just try things out. Do you believe in formats or formulas? for things like titles? Because a lot of people, for example, will teach you how to build a YouTube title with a, you know, it's, it's usually a three-part sequence of the things that need to be in the title. Do you follow that religiously? Um, religiously, no, but I, you know, I've been practicing different things for so many years when it comes to writing. I think I do it instinct instinctively. And so it's not a religion anymore, it's a habit for me. Okay. You know, you ha you have to be able to touch the pain point, right? You have to have a connection to that audience. There are things that you do that are inherently part of what I do naturally, right? And and so I think over time you develop the habit. It's muscle memory. It's just like going to the gym, right? You go to the gym and you have a routine and you know what that routine is. And once you get into that habit, you no longer have to go through your checklist of workout exercises. You just do it. Do you uh, do you ever get in the point where as you're writing your copy, you're just it's, it's just one of those days where you're drained and you start to rely on formula instead of the what you know is the, the real creative side? Um, I would say, yes, we all do that at some point. Yeah. You know, I, I think on the days where you I, the expression I like to use is phone it in on the yeah. days where you phone it in um, that happens. But that doesn't happen too often for me because. I get fired up by new things. So I'm yeah. always pushing the envelope. I'm always trying new things. And, and by the way, I really like in the humor side of things, I like to push the, the edge of decency because I want to see the reaction. I want to see how people respond to stuff. I am also not afraid to push the edge and make people uncomfortable with copy because those ads tend to be the most disruptive. Those are the ones that get attention and start conversations. And when conversations are started about your company, about your business, that's a good thing. That's where they and so, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. So we've talked a little bit. Now, do you, it, once you've got the, once you've got the title in place and you've kind of got that, that, um, you were talking about the word salad or the word vomit that you do. It, that's for all of the copy and not just for the title I got, I'm, I'm suspecting, correct? And then you then craft the rest? Yeah, so typically my you know, my creative process, I'm actually pulling something up in, in a side window. That's why I'm not looking at you and I apologize for that. I just thought, you know, I should have this handy since we're talking about it, um, is, is for me, I start with video. 
so years ago I would do ads and I had an image, right? So I would always start with the words and then find an image to match the yep. words. These days, when I create an ad, I start with a video, but oftentimes I start with a video that has nothing to do with the content of the ad. I want something that's gonna just grab people's attention, stop the scroll. Once I've done that, that's when the ad creative comes in. So, so I look at what are, who is my audience first, right? Is my audience a cold audience, ice cold, they know nothing about me. That's gonna have a completely different tone and feel than an audience that knows something about us. So there's there's that cold audience that I'm gonna write for. That's gonna be a different feel. There's the audience that has had a couple of touch points and we're trying to activate them. We're trying to get them to move further into our into our evil little web, right? And so from, from that audience perspective, there's gonna be answers to objections. There's gonna be the why, do I trust you, right? You start to know us, then you start to trust us but you really have to like us too. And so all of these different messages are delivered, not necessarily sequentially, it's based on your user experience as you go through our, our ads, but the messaging is always slightly different. So I start with who is my target audience? And then I start with, then the next thing I do is how do I engage with that audience where, where they are? And where are they? They're a cold audience, they know nothing about us. I'm gonna put my best foot forward, I wanna make you laugh. I wanna make you smile at the ads. I wanna make you have a reaction that you've never had to an ad before. So in our top of the funnel, we have a clown sneaking up on a kid in a farm field. And that ad, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing what it says in the ad, but that ad has had millions of views and thousands upon thousands of shares and reactions. And it says, what's the number one word marketers can't find? Uh, or what's the number one word marketers can't find? Help or struggle to find, help. Yeah. And it's just letting them know that we're here to help them. That's it. Yeah. And but that ad gets so much engagement. I didn't realize people had this inherent fear of clowns. clowns. <laughs> and so so people share it. Well, the initial audience that we target are people who are Facebook page admins, LinkedIn page admins, people who run business accounts. Mm -hmm. And so they're typically sharing with others that are like them. And so, you know, sometimes they're gonna be business owners, sometimes they're gonna be members of marketing teams. Other times you're just gonna be the average Joe, but that's at the top of the funnel. I don't worry about converting them there. I worry about building my audience. It's defining it further down that I, where the messaging shifts, right? Because that's where you have to start answering objections. And so a lot of times, to, long answer is, I don't get formulaic in the body copy necessarily. I like to tell a story in the body. Yeah, It's fascinating to me, and it's maybe my own, in, just not understanding the copywriting industry, how you said, and actually my next question on the list, kind of you start, you just led me into it perfectly because it's, it's how things, traditional copywriting now, uh, or traditional copywriting differs from writing copy for the social platforms. Mm -hmm. And but you've already started to answer that because you said you used to start with the words of the picture Right. And now you start with video. Video is the first thing, the first thing you think about. And that to me just made my ears just perk up going, wow. I hadn't thought, I thought I would have thought almost to a certain extent, like video is kind of like the, uh, the ugly cousin that you weren't quite ready for it because you're, it's, it's all about the words. Cause that's your stock in trade, but the stories, your stock in trade is what you're telling me. Correct. See yeah. the video has such a play, such a critical role in advertising and marketing as a whole. And, and that's where people, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who disrespect video as the medium of attraction. 
you know, as a, as a copywriter, as a storyteller, I want people to read the story. But if I put up no image or if I put up a boring image, people are going to scroll by. They're never going to have the opportunity to read what we wrote. No. But if I can grab their attention with something that's moving and grabbing and like gets their eyes popping, like, you know, we have an ad that talks about getting more eyeballs to your business. And it's literally a bunch of computer generated eyeballs popping. And that ad gets a lot of eyeballs on it, literally. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, that ad is what stops people from scrolling. And once they stop scrolling, that's where I can start to grab, you know, <clears throat> you've got to grab their attention with a headline. That's the number one thing. If, once you grab their attention, you've got to qualify that that reader. You've got to get them to understand that this is their pain. You're you know you're qualifying them. You're working them through a process in your creative. Once you've done that, you know you kind of start sucking them into the web. You start sucking them into your funnel, and you just keep moving them down. But there there are elements that that you need in every piece of copy to do this. One of the biggest things is people want to know what's in it for them. Right. Yeah. For us, it's we take away the pain of copywriting for business owners. And it doesn't matter what the business is, funeral homes, pizza shops. Right. We take away the pain of writing because most business owners suck at writing their own story. And yeah. so that's what we do. And I, and I don't think we should feel bad about that. I always feel a little bit guilty about the fact that I can't tell my own story all that well. But as people point out, you we don't see ourselves through everybody else's eyes, which is the way this, which is the perspective that the story has to be written. So it's, it's natural that we have to turn on. We should talk a little bit about what ad zombies is, because I think it's sure. uh, because I, you're when, as you remember, when we met at social media market world, I just went, Oh, where have you been my whole life? Beautiful <laughs> sort of thing. So you folks are a copywriting service a la carte. Like people can sign up for subscription and based on the amount of copy that they need written, you have a team of copywriters that will churn it out. And so it's like, it's, it's just, it's the same as subscribing to almost any other service. Have I explained it well? Correct. Yeah. So we have monthly plans for businesses that have volume of ad needs, you know, a volume of ad needs. And then we have um, one off buy as you go. So, so sometimes we'll have a client that comes in. That's a, a one location business that needs a single ad for an event or a single ad for something that they're doing and they can go into the store which is you know the buy now button which takes yep. them to everything and then they pick what they need yep. but we we have a lot of clients that are on monthly plans for their businesses or in the case of the agencies that we serve around the world they simply pick a plan that fits their agency and if there isn't one there then we create an enterprise level plan for them and we do that for a lot of agencies. And I have to think that this does a few things like signing up as subscribing to a plan that is going to create X number of ads for me. It's specifically, we're talking ad copy and we'll talk about other types of copywriting in a moment, but specifically for your Facebook and your YouTube and your Instagram and your uh, Google ads, signing up for a plan where you now have a copywriter on demand. So it's not like it's a chore for you anymore to do right. it. But instead, it's a service that you're paying for. That's got to really increase the discipline of the of your clients and help them to do probably other than doing good copyright. And the second most important thing, which is consistently reaching out and consistently being out there and promoting their product. Right. It's harder. It's hard to run your business when you're working in it. It yeah. allows them to work on their business, not in it. 
And I think that's the, that's the real challenge for most small business owners. I mean, the reality is, Steve, when I started this company, I was doing all of the writing. And then we brought on our first copywriter. And then we brought on another person. And then my business partner was like, we've got to get you out of copywriting because it's not a good use of your time because I'm the business owner. And so the only copy I work on these days, really rare exceptions where I'll jump into a client project. The only copy I work on these days is the stuff that we do to market this business. That's it. But but this is the same model that we're helping our clients accomplish is get out of working in the trenches and work up here, not down there. You don't want to be in the weeds. You need to be above it because that's how you run your business. So if you're a small business owner, it makes sense to outsource a lot of things, right? You outsource, people outsource their dry cleaning, they outsource their housekeeping, they outsource their landscaping. We just give them a way to outsource the most difficult part for most businesses of their business, which is telling their story, whether it's through web copy, emails or ads. Okay, so uh, so typically speaking, let's, let's walk through what a process, what it looks like for a client so that people can kind of, they can, sure. they can project themselves into into the model so are the bulk of your clients is it fair to say that there's one style of copy that you're doing more are you doing more ads are you doing more email copy and and newsletter copy what's what's the biggest bucket that you work in i think the biggest bucket which has been consistent for the last two years uh the number one thing are are facebook ads those are those are probably Oh, good. Yeah, the top of the list. Top of the list is Facebook ads. After that, email sequences. Um, and then all of the other platforms are pretty much equally spread and all of the other services are equally spread. But Facebook seems to be that that big one right now. Makes now, total sense because that's something that you're going to want to constantly be refreshing and constantly correct. putting out there. Whereas if you're writing copy for a website, that's kind of project based as opposed to serial. That's correct. And so, you know, as, as platforms shift though, and as attention shifts, you'll, you'll start to see new, you know, new platforms emerge and those will then at some point become the leader. But right so, now it's uh, Facebook. So a client starts out with you probably, and you know, I, I, I think myself, what would I do? I'd look at something like the sixth ad per month thing so I could do something weekly and then have a couple of things for specials Correct. and it costs $270 a month way cheaper than hiring an ad co- uh, some uh, a copywriter and way better than me spending time if i had to face writing six pieces of copy i think i would have a conniption that's my dad's word i don't know if that's a word that's still in the lexicon but i would have a word conniption. it's a conniption yeah um conniption and mitch two great words <laughs> they are they are is, is conniption jewish too though i don't know i don't, I don't, I don't know if conniption is jewish but, but, but i know mitch is yeah absolutely um so, so, so as somebody enters into your system, what are they going to be giving you and, how, and what's the process like to get their ad out on the other side? Sure. Great question. We're actually asked this question most in our customer chat when they, like, especially for someone who's never worked with us before, where do I give you my information? So, so typically the process is uh, you order what it is you need. Let's say it's a Facebook ad. As soon as you press that, that order button, at that point, it triggers a whole series of events notification of payment goes in, then you get an automated email that says, here's your creative brief link, click this link to fill out your creative brief. And then in that brief, we do an interview. It's basically a logic form that will move in a different direction based on how you answer the questions. And because we we need to know who you're marketing to, 
what the landing pages that we're using for for reference for for the product for the service for the offering right because the writers need to know what we're writing for and so they walk through the process of answering questions and it's it's as if i was sitting here interviewing you it's just you're being interviewed by this intake form and this intake form asks who the target audience is you know what's the objective is this a top of the funnel is this for awareness is this a conversion ad um and and so once you're done with that and that process usually takes about five minutes for people who really just know exactly what they want mm -hmm. and you fill it out you hit send and once you've done that you'll get a confirmation email back from the team that says hey we've got your order we've got your copy request and we're starting the process. And so it's a really 99% uh, automated process where, where the 1%, all right, it's probably 90%. I'm totally making up numbers. I'm not a mathematician, <laughs> I'm a storyteller. But it's, it's probably 90% automated. And then the 10% that is human are the writers and then our quality assurance people, our QA people, our editors. Because once it goes from, from writers, it gets from, from the writers, they hit a button, it sends it to the QA people, the QA people check it for grammar, typos, make sure it follows the brief, make sure we're hitting all the things that the client asked for. And once that's done, we submit it back to the client. And that's it. And it's a three to five day process. And you just go do you and we take care of all the words. So I'll challenge you on one thing. You said it's a five minute process for submitting the creative brief if you know what you're talking about. Yes. I dare say that a, a, I bet you a very small percentage of your people know what they want as when they order it, that it's over time, yes. But the initial ads that you create as you, as you enroll in the process at the beginning, I bet that's where the biggest effort comes from on the client side. Absolutely. And so one of the things that we've learned over time and um, and we've evolved that form based on feedback from clients worldwide is we change the way we ask certain questions and certain questions. Let, let's talk about style. Style is a very personal thing. So we now ask the question, do you want us to go if you like our creative, right, the stuff that we do, do you want us to go full ad zombies creative? Do you want us to stick with the, the integrity of what your brand is, or do you want us to meet somewhere in the middle, right? So we give people the option of going full their brand, full let us have full creative license and be fun, or somewhere in between. Or, that or seemed challenge, to, them. challenge them to grow a little bit. Correct, and so that seemed to be a big sticking point for a lot of people. And so we've now figured out how to overcome that obstacle in terms of the creative flexing a lot of people tend to let us just do our thing, which I love and my team loves. And it's it's freeing when you have the creative license. Once right? you build if, the trust, once you build the trust with them. Correct. Yeah. If you put a creative person, and I've got a team of creatives, if you put creative people in a box, all they're doing is fighting their way out of the box. Yeah. If you let creative people just do what they do best, you get some remarkable stuff. And, I have and I've, I've got examples of that too. Oh, I, I would like, we will share examples of that, but I have to say that I, it sounds to me like this is a process that gets better and better as the client understands what you can do for them more. And every time they enter and every time they hit submit, that they are going to have a clear vision of how to make it work for them uh, over time. And so that probably within by the second month, so you did, by the time you've done five or six, it's going to be a far less arduous process and far more um, rewarding than it was Absolutely. for the very first times. So you've got to get Absolutely. people over that hump, don't you? 
Yeah, we do. I mean, we have a client who's been with us since the early days. Uh, he was probably within his company was probably within the first 50 clients we had. And he's still with us. And on average month, I think they submit about 100 requests, maybe a little bit more. And the first few weeks, we were working through getting them to understand our process because they were trying to over engineer our process versus yeah. just filling out the brief and seeing what happens. And but over time, our writers, because we have a great team of writers, have each gotten to touch different parts of that business. That happens to be an agency client. So they're serving a lot of clients, right? They're serving a very vast audience of businesses that are really diverse. But but the experience gets better the more you just like let us do our thing mm -hmm. and understand that filling out that brief is so critical because if you don't give us information or if you give us garbage, you know, what's the expression, Steve? Garbage in, garbage, garbage out. out. Yeah. And so if you if you put some thought into it and put the the time to give us that information in a brief, you're going to get remarkable copy. And, and so one of the examples of this is and I and I share this story. Mike Fowler is a client of ours who's become a poster child. And by the way, I love the guy. Uh, this was a couple of years back. Mike got an ad from us that he absolutely hated. Like he got it back and within minutes shot back an email to customer service. I hate this, rewrite it. And we have a satisfaction guarantee. We're gonna rewrite your ad if you don't like it. And so we rewrote the ad, but our head copywriter said, Mike, do us a favor. Here's the rewritten ad. Could you at least test the ad that we gave you that you didn't like split test, and yeah. to see how it performs? And Mike said, fine, I agree to it. By the way, he didn't like the second ad we did either. <laughs> so he and by, he wrote this in a review. Uh, it's on our Facebook page, so you can look for it. Or if you go to the reviews on our website, you'll find look for Mike Fowler's name because I love his story. So he tested the original ad that he wrote, which he was in love with. He tested the ad that we wrote that he hated. And then he tested the rewrite ad. Our rewrite ad performed four to one over his ad. And the ad that he hated performed five to one over his ad. <laughs> and that's so people, that's why when we created ourselves, we was, what would I, we started this off with. He fell in love with his stuff. Correct. Yeah. He fell in love with his copy. And you can't because you don't know what's going to work for your audience, which is why you test things, right? When our, our hero ad that, that I shared with you on our, on our, on our page, we had seven different thumbnails. And I learned this from Daniel Harmon at Harmon Brothers, seven different thumbnails. And the we Harman tested Brothers fingerprints are all over that ad. <laughs> Thank you. They should be. Yeah. Daniel Harmon is uh, inspired that ad. Yes. So, um, you know, I had a great conversation with him at dinner and we were talking about this and, and but split testing thumbnails just that one variable is so powerful because it tells you what resonates with an audience at scale, not just what you think resonates based on what you like, right? Don't fall in love with your own stuff. Let the, let the market tell you. It is, uh, it is a classic example of the singer sing and the dancers dance. You let them do yes. it. And, and, and if you, and, and if you build a trust, it's going to, it's going to benefit. Now, Creating ads that are, you know, I think a lot of people get locked in when we, what we've been talking about, about static Facebook ads or, 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 or kind of 
regular Facebook mm-hmm. ads. How do we then transition with working with you into doing video ads, which we've already established are even more powerful? Is it the same process? And how do you go about with all of the creative and all of the different elements then? Same process. We we ask uh, pretty much the same types of questions on, on the video ad request. Um, the only thing that's different is this time we're going to create a front end video. The biggest challenge that we have, and I don't want to say it's a mistake because it's not a mistake because clients know what they want in this space. But the biggest challenge we have is when clients say, I want something that's attention grabbing, but stick to the integrity of my brand because attention grabbing and attorneys just don't work, right? You know, it's really hard for somebody in the funeral home industry to have an attention grabbing ad that's brand consistent, or is it? You can find videos that stop the scroll, that grab attention, that make you take a second look. I remember this ad we did. We have an agency client. Their entire agency specializes in marketing for the funeral industry. Mm -hmm. And I remember this ad request came in and they needed a scroll stopping video ad. And so we showed this and it's, it's a bench and there's a mom, a woman and her kids, and she's sobbing with a, with a tissue and it looks like a church and she's sitting there and the ad mentions something about, I don't remember the exact words on it, but I remember that video because the video grabs you so quickly because you don't normally see that in your scroll, right? In your newsfeed, you see, you know, sparkly things, fast moving objects. You seldom see a woman sitting in a church crying. And it really, it's a disruptive, it's a pattern disrupt. And that's what you're trying to do with these. And so it's the same process. It's just different because we're asking, hey, what type of feel do you want on the video? Do you want us to be super creative? Do you want us to be more conservative or somewhere in the middle? Now, you said that most of the, the most of the business currently is starts with Facebook ads. But now we're, we're are we looking at that as a catch all for social ads or are do you have different criteria or different ways you look at creating a ad for the front end of a YouTube video or for an Instagram ad or for Facebook or LinkedIn? Do you do you approach it differently? And and are there strengths and weaknesses in those spaces? Sure. So the, the process is almost identical. The variable is the platform we're writing for. And 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 so let me clarify that a little bit. If you're writing a message, an ad for Facebook, it's going to be way more conversational, right? Or it should be at least way more conversational. Facebook is a community. It's a place that people gather, right? Think about all all of the times you share life stories and interesting things that are happening on Facebook. Facebook is about sharing what's going on in life, a global community, right? That same ad on LinkedIn isn't going to work the same way it does on Facebook because Facebook is a local conversation around a campfire with a beer and LinkedIn is a conversation around a conference table with a glass of water. It's a different feel. So you want to be more polished, more professional, but not speaking above people's heads. And that's another mistake that a lot of business owners make. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If you are writing ads and your ads read at above a fifth grade reading level on a Flash Kincaid score, you are destroying your conversion, destroying it because people don't want to be spoken to. They don't want to be talked at. They want to communicate. And they don't want to feel stupid. 
correct. And if you're using words that you think people should understand or they should have a better knowledge of the language, um, wrong approach. You want to speak to them very casually, very comfortably, just like Steve and I are having a conversation right now. So if you're watching this, just think of conversation, not speaking up here, but speaking back and forth. It's a two-way street. When people are creating ads, do you often get a set where you'll say they'll they'll do one submission that will say, give me one for Facebook, give me one for Instagram, give me one for LinkedIn, give me one for YouTube? Is that, and is that a, a, a good approach? Not a great approach. Um, it's always best to, to parse them out. And here's why. The, the way you're going to write for Facebook or the audience that you're defining on Facebook is going to be very different than the audience that you're going to attract on LinkedIn. And with LinkedIn, for example, you have the ability to do targeting based on job title, position, company size, right? There are a whole bunch of variables that you cannot target on Facebook, different ecosystem, different audience. And so if you want to start with your process being the same, here, here's the ad that we're trying to create, right? But here's the platform. Your audience is going to shift. The tone may shift. Comedy. They give you one objective and ask for four separate ads for the objective, yeah. one for each I, platform. I, I have not seen any orders come in that way. They okay. will take... They will take a brief and then they will say, okay, now here's another brief and they separate them out. It also helps keep them organized. So that then opens the door for me to ask about when I submit or when someone submits an ad to you, the outcome is important, but have they done their keyword research before? Do they know what, do they know kind of what their targeting is going to be on the ad before? And is that a big advantage? Or maybe that's one of the questions that you ask in the brief, but is, is there research in advance uh, a part of that process? So our, our job as copywriters is not to do your research. Our job is to write to the specs that you provide. Yeah. And so we ask, who is your target audience? Who are you? Who is this ad intended to be delivered to? Because we need to know if pregnant moms are seeing this or pregnant women are seeing this Yeah. or, or guys with enlarged prostates. I don't know why I went there. I just went there. Sorry. Uh, that was what popped into my mind. And, um, but, but you need to know who that target audience is. And so we ask that question. We do not do, do the research for you. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's not what this business does, right? We are masters at crafting the message, but research is not our bag. So we do expect that our clients should know who the target audience is, but I will tell you something, and this isn't a masterclass in Facebook ads. We run a lot of Facebook ads. And I'm going to tell you a secret, Steve, that I don't know how many people are aware of this. Is this just between you and me? This is just between you and me. Facebook does a hell of a better job at targeting my ideal client than I do. Yeah. When when your pixel has rich, robust data, I, the last I looked, our pixel had 50 million pixel events. Yeah. When your pixel has robust data, Facebook's algorithm knows who your audience is way better than you can guess and is gonna do a better job of serving your ads to that audience than you can. That is to me the most remarkable thing because a, a lot of times for, just for this business, we won't pick the target audience. We have one definition. They've gotta be someone who spends money on advertising. That's the yeah. only thing we look for. Everything now, else just, falls in play. I'm just trying to get into my head what the best sequence 
is, you know, I, I know I need an ad in this space here is my right. first conversation with my Facebook ads person. Cause somebody who's going to outsource to you is probably going to outsource to their Facebook ads as well. I imagine. So is the first conversation with them about starting to establish the audience or is it with, with, with you folks, or is it just parallel? I think it's parallel. Uh, many times, you know who your audience is or who your ideal sure, avatar yeah. is, right? If you're in a business and you don't know who your target customer is, I think you got to have a conversation with yourself and, and, sit down and paint that picture. I was just talking to a client that I, I have a couple of clients that I coach and help them in their businesses just because of they've watched me grow mine and I've just kind of naturally evolved into this. And one of the things that we've talked about recently is who is your ideal client? Who is your ideal customer? And if you don't know that, that's a really dangerous thing because you need to run everything you create, everything you do through the filter of that ideal customer. And if you're not doing that, if you can't identify them, you're writing, you're creating for a group that is so vast, so wide that you're speaking to no one. And you have to really run it through the filter of that individual, that person that you're trying to attract. When you look at, when you discover a new brand or sit down and have a conversation with some, is there some ideal your own personal avatar for 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 ad zombies is there something that you look at and you say you are the perfect client this is exactly what i made this business to do yes so for us it's for the small business owner who runs a business that and i can tell you that does anywhere from $150,000 a year to $100 million a year by the way there are small businesses that do that yeah um and You're talking team size as opposed to revenue. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. so there are small businesses that do that. You know, there could be a solopreneur that's doing 150,000 top line. It could be a five person small brand that's doing a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And, but, but those are our ideal clients and clients who spend money on social media advertising because Social media really is the new newspaper. It's the new television. It's the new radio. And it's not so new anymore. There are companies that are just now discovering it. Usually those are the bigger companies who poo-pooed it for so many years. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get into, into this. But there's so much value and so much real estate in social media that people are naturally gravitating toward it. And so that's who our target audience is. And we don't have a gender assigned to that person. We don't have a race assigned to that person. We just know that they spend money in advertising. This is the size of their business and they're a small business. Do you get a sense that your clients who consistently use your service become better with their other communications through the through the experience where sharing constantly with you and having your copy coming back to them as like a almost like a training? I, I think they do. You know, I've had some really interesting conversations with clients over the years and I think consistently that their communication gets better over time with their clients. And I think all businesses, and, and let's forget about the copywriting for a second, but I think all businesses can learn and grow by watching what other businesses do. Like there are businesses that I'm in love with that I follow. And um, like, for, I'll give you an example. There's a brand of women's underwear that I follow called Lively. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they don't really active lately, right? I don't follow them because I'm a dude that likes to shop for women's underwear, the brand voice, the brand communication, the way they talk to their audience. 
the, there are things that you can learn, right? You, you follow the breadcrumbs of success. They and have the voice of their avatar. They speak absolutely, they do. And so I subscribe to a lot of different businesses and I want to see what they're doing, but there are businesses that I really respect and I learn from them. And every business owner can learn from and, and grow from what other businesses do. Oh, that's good. So we spend a lot of time talking about your services, the general space. What about somebody that wants to become a copywriter? How do they like, obviously, what skills are you looking for? How do they improve their skills? What do you look for when you go to hire somebody? And if somebody's interested, how do they reach out to you guys? Well, so on the way, way bottom of our website, and I think it's on the way, way bottom of the website. Yes, we have a join us link. Um, okay. there's, a, there's a waiting list. We have created the ultimate farm team uh, for copywriters. And so let me explain a little bit how this works. You're you're on a sales page, so you're gonna have to go way deep. Versus I'm, keeping, I'm scrolling, you keep talking, I'll keep scrolling. Okay. Um, but but we, have, we have a farm team, just like baseball. I modeled it after baseball. And the, the way the farm team works is you submit your, your application. And when we have openings, you'll be notified of the openings. And, um, and we get a lot of applications on a daily basis. And then as we have openings, you'll, you'll get to test in, right? So nice. just, like, and just like any coach in a, on a major league team isn't going to just give you the, uh, put you in the, in the big leagues, you're going to start in the minors. And so we, you have to test into the minors and you'll do your first 10 assignments for us offline. And we want to see how you do. And then we rate you. And then from those ratings, the, the ones that are good enough that make the cut stay in the minor leagues and they're, they're bench warmers. That's what they are. And they get fed a little bit here and a little bit there. And we help them improve what they do over time. And they get that through feedback from the team as their copy gets edited. And as they, they'll get little pointers and they'll say, hey, you can't say this. Facebook doesn't allow that. Or this won't work on LinkedIn, right? They learn, they, they, they evolve. Yeah. And then as positions open in the major leagues, right, being a, a writer for the team, that's they just kind of move up the food chain over time. Now, as far as the training, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of online courses teaching copywriting and some really interesting like uh, philosophies, you know, story brand, I'm thinking, and a few others. Do you recommend any of those for somebody that's that's diving in? I mean, besides your awesome book, Jab Till It Hurts, which really isn't about copywriting, but is about business and is a good read. Um, do you recommend any other resources for people that want to develop their chops? So we have our own copywriting course. I'm not going to pimp that. That's not what I'm yeah. here to do. There are several books out there that I highly recommend. Breakthrough Advertising is one of them. And what, what I love about that book, as dated as it is, as sexist as it is, it's just the like when you read some of the examples in there, you just you kind of cringe. But the basics, the foundational principle elements of copywriting and storytelling are there. That book uh, is my Bible. And it's a great book to learn from because it will teach you the basic stuff you need in order to become a copywriter. But the number one thing you can do, and I do it today, I, I do it in different forms, right? Sometimes I use apps, sometimes I'm writing. Practice. I write so much crap that never gets used. I've written more words that I've thrown away than I put into play. And, oh, I just made a rhyme. I could be a rapper. Um, <laughs> I, but, but I do. I, I, I believe that the best way, 
or the fastest way to become a stronger writer is to practice. And don't worry about your punctuation being perfect. God knows mine isn't, but that's what I have a QA team for. That's what I have editors for. So when I write stuff, we make sure that others have eyeballs on it because you're going to make mistakes. You know, that's why I use tools like Natural Reader when I'm done writing something. I take my copy and I paste it into naturalreader.com. And um, by the way, I've got a bunch of tools, Steve, um, yeah. at zombies.com slash awesome tools. Okay. And if you go there, you can find some of the tools that I use. Natural Reader is one of them. The book that I recommended is one of them. Um, but you hear the mistakes in your copy. And I love that because when you can hear it, so oftentimes I'll put a piece of copy in there and I will hit the play button and listen back to it with my eyes closed. Because when you do, you hear the mistakes. You hear the mistakes in your written word. And that's really, really powerful. Um, yeah, Breakthrough Advertising, that Bible. By the way, the person who owns the rights to that book, that's the cheapest you can get it is 125 bucks unless you buy it. You... Yeah, but, but I'm telling you, I have multiple copies. It is worth every penny, every single okay. penny. Oh, look at the apps. So those are great, uh, great tips. Ken, I could, I, I could talk to you all day, but I think we better, uh, yeah, your shameless plug for your book, which I, is a good book. It's a good book. Thank you. You know, we just did a launch. Speaking of, you're obviously speaking of Gary Vanderchuk's jab, 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 right hook, uh, his uh, kind of seminal marketing book. Um, and I have been, I have to admit, I've been very slow to do sales. We've, we've delivered tons of content, but we've very seldom sold anything, but we just launched a membership site. And my, one of my team members said, well, Steve, it just goes to prove that jab, 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 right hook works. It does. It a hundred percent does. And that's, that's how I built my business. And Gary knows that with conversations he and I have had. And that's why when I, when I, when I wrote the book, I'm like, I was like, I seen, I have it on my desk. I needed, I said, Gary, I need your permission. That's the title I want. And, and, you know, he, he gave me his blessing, which was awesome, but it's, it's jabbing is so powerful, but when you give without any expectation of receiving, right. For those that celebrate Christmas, it's all about giving. Yeah. It's amazing what you get back in return. And so that's how I've built my business is by just giving and adding value and helping people. And, you know, what comes from that is remarkable. It comes through. Ken, I, I'm going to get you to just hang on for just a, a second. I, I'm going to put you down. I'm going to promote everything else that I have to do. But your website is adzombies.com. Check out the book. Thanks so much for the spin on this time. We have appreciated it. And it's been a, it's been a joy for me. Podcast listeners, if you got value out of this podcast episode, do me a favor. Let other people know about it. Give it a share. Give it a like. Go to iTunes and leave a review. Let people know how much great value you're getting from it.